Hi, how are you? <laughs> um, I'm a little bit raw today, uh, mostly because I didn't get enough sleep last night. So mm. uh, there was a combination of things there. The, there was a big thunderstorm in Vancouver last night, which is so mm-hmm. rare for us that it's like this big deal when it happens. Right. And so I was just kind of like lying in my bed, marinating in cortisol and adrenaline just because the, the sound of it was coming. Right, and every yeah. time the room lit up, I was like, ah, is that one really close? Are we all going to die? Thunderstorms are... They're both exhilarating and terrifying for me. So, um, yeah, it was right around bedtime that it happened. So that interrupted my sleep. And I also realized that I had to get a little bit drastic with my um, uh, online news stuff. So I, mm. I just, th- last this morning, actually, I just decided to just, like, block all news uh, for certain periods of the day. Most of the day, in fact. Um, just because it's really been affecting my mental health lately. Yeah. So I just really have to guard the sense doors as the Buddhists say you know just like that's enough like I, I can't take it when things are really important I'll find out um I need to s- step back from that because it it just causes me so much distress <laughs> yeah um so all that said I might be a little bit vulnerable and weepy today but I <laughs> stay on track and you yeah. don't have too many waterworks how about you um I actually uh... I sat down at, at five, uh, five minutes before we were supposed to meet and I was getting all of my stuff set up. Um, as you can see, I've got my webcam back now so I don't have to deal with all this tripod running off my phone bullshit. Um, but uh, I poured an entire cup of coffee into my crotch uh, in that oh. little time span. <laughs> so I was just like, oh man, I got to like change my clothes and stuff. Uh, I had just got in from a run um, before the call. So I was just like, you know, I'll, I'll do this call and then jump in the shower after. And now I've got like two reasons to shower. So <laughs> and a little bit of laundry to do. But, uh, I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's no, just it's like, hilarious. like, how does that even happen? Like when you end up with the coffee because in your lap. The, Literally because the microphone and the pop screen here in front of my face, I had the coffee behind it and just the line of sight I had, I couldn't see this tall, relatively thin mug that I'm drinking out of. <laughs> And so I went to go and like adjust the mic and just poured, I just knocked it over into my lap. And like, I, it was funny because, um, yeah, like if that, if that had happened, I feel like last Monday I would have been a fucking wreck. That would have been Mm -hmm. like a total, like not necessarily an angry meltdown, but just like a, like literally nothing could go right. Uh, (laughs) Like it was one of those tiny things that I, that I take way too hard. Um, but yeah, today it happened and I was able to just laugh about it because again, it was like hot, but not hot enough that I was like burnt or like harmed in any way. So it was just, so it was just funny. It was just like, yeah, there's a lot of humor in, you know, me being alone and just like, yep, just poured a cup of coffee into my crotch. That's, that's pretty funny. Clowning for no audience. I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lane. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. And that's just, 
that's how we're doing. <laughs> but it's not going to, I think it, it sounds like you're not going to let it dictate the tone of the rest of your day, right? No, and like, yeah. And, and like I said, I just got in from a run. Um, I've got a little bit of stuff done already today. I feel like I'm, mm. you know, taking care of myself in the way that I need to. I had a good meal, all that kind of stuff. And so, mm-hmm. again, when I'm just kind of like taking care of, of those kind of basics for myself first, it's a lot easier to... Um, put some perspective on little things and I find like it's also a lot easier to uh, question the RSD stuff when that comes up and all those sorts Mm -hmm. of things just as you said if you're rested if you're if you're um, you know feel like you're eating right blah 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 all that kind of stuff so yeah it just makes such a huge difference right Mm -hmm. you got that that sleep behind you but as we both know that's like not always easy to get yeah easier said than done sometimes yeah um uh, and other than that, though, has your sleep been pretty decent? Uh, yeah, it's not been bad. Um, it's, uh, I feel like been, yeah, pretty, pretty good, I would say. Um, I'm still kind of adjusting because of all of this stuff I'm going through with my rotator cuff. Like, it's mm. really hard to find a comfortable sleeping position because, um, I started sleeping on my side years ago after a car accident. I think I mentioned this at one point. Um, mm. But then right now that sleeping position exacerbates all this stuff with my shoulder. Um, because <sighs> if I lay on the side with my injured shoulder, of course I can't do that. But then if I'm on my side the other way, it's really hard to find a neutral position without also doing like mm. some weird rig of like I'm sleeping on my side with a pillow stacked on my side, like with my arm delicately balanced atop. And, but then, you know, like I, I move around a lot in my sleep. And so like, that's just kind of a non-starter. So I'm trying to train myself to sleep on my back and it's difficult. Um, so I'm only Mm. getting like, you know, probably five, six hours a night, the last couple nights, uh, and fairly restless, but, um, Mm. I'm hoping that that'll get easier with time. So, you know, try and tire myself out a little bit more, stay away from the screens a couple hours before bedtime, do whatever mm-hmm. the things that I need to, um, to facilitate that. But, you know, easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. That was like my big thing this morning was just like with the freedom app I was like, okay, I got to get drastic now. Cause I, I'm, I'm sneaking back in to look at things I shouldn't be looking right. at like right before I go to bed. And that's probably part of the reason that I didn't sleep well last night. So, mm-hmm. um, if, if the if the stickiness and the draw and the addictive qualities of those things are too much for me to overcome, I have to remember that that's not a moral failing on my part and that they're designed for that. But I have a tool. I have this freedom app that I can use that can just, like, shut it all the fuck down. Like, just like I have to do that now because I've realized, like, just how much it really does impact me. Yeah. And I, I, can't, um, I can't fix everything that's wrong before I go to bed, obviously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because often before I go to bed is when I like, I like to spend that time being really excited about things creatively Mm -hmm. and like thinking about how things could go and like letting my imagination run wild. But that's not what happens if I look at something that's happening, whatever it is, name, catastrophe, X, Y, Z. And I spend all that creative energy thinking about what could be done to solve that. Then that's not really it's not good for my creative life. It's just not good for my soul because I don't have the kind of agency to fix so many of the things that are messed up in this, this goopy world of ours, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I I have the awareness of it and I'm just trying to, you know, use the tools and and just do what I can. Right. Um, 
And today will just have to be kind of a take her easy kind of day. And I may need to have a nap this afternoon and that's okay. You know, (laughs) just being gentle with myself about it. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, using the tools that you have, be that a nap, be that freedom, be whatever. And, um, Mm. yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing for me because I, that's a weird sort of gatekeeping thing uh, in any mm. sort of hobby and any sort of sub subculture, whatever. Um, even this kind of like productivity culture and stuff that you see probably a lot of on LinkedIn, um, mm. is, is this idea that tools are somehow shameful. Um, so there's, there's from like the world of, of fighting games. So people who get really serious about street fighter, you know, there's the idea of like cheap characters or cheap moves. And the counter mm-hmm. to that is always like, well, I won the match. Like I, I used the best available tools in the game to, and the best available strategy to win the match. And that's kind of, isn't that what it's supposed to be about? Um, and yeah. And so like, I think of <laughs> this one time when I was um, trying to help out a friend uh, at their place after, after a party and started like, you know, filled up the sink and started washing dishes and blah, blah, blah. And I got kind of like halfway through this and I was getting a little bit worked up about kind of how much stuff there still was to do and how many uh, dishes mm. there were. And they were like, we have a dishwasher. <laughs> like just, just load the dishwasher and run the dishwasher. And, you know, it was something where I, I don't know, I have, I'll, I'll admit, I have a bit of a tendency towards like, um, uh, a martyr complex, shall we call it? <laughs> and so, a lot of times, I will take on this this work because, again, um, part of it is because I genuinely want to be helpful. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, part of it is is wanting to be seen as helpful and useful to others, which you know, ADHD boundary setting stuff is at its core there. Um, yeah. And 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 so yeah, and so my instinct is to like take on this thing in the most kind of like. Um, <laughs> the most kind of like stations of the cross way where like, what's the way that I could suffer the most and, and like make my suffering visible to people to let them know how much I'm helping them. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> like, like use, use the best available tools to you be that the dishwasher or, and it's the same mm-hmm. thing of like, it shouldn't be a fucking willpower thing to stay off Twitter or to stay out of the news and whatever. There's no shame in using a tool. If that's, if that's, what's going to help you get there, there's no shame in using an app to remember your workouts or to drink water Mm -hmm. or any of that kind of stuff. And that's, yeah, I've actually had a real turnaround, uh, on the kind of self care bought cutesy Twitter internet stuff, uh, Mm. since finding out I do have ADHD. Um, cause yeah, that was something that I always found really kind of cloying and like, Oh, like, who the fuck needs a, a, a Twitter bot to remind them to drink water? Like, come on, guys, like, just mm-hmm. get off the computer, go fucking dunk a basketball, whatever. But, yeah. you know, again, these are things where I'm now finding that using these kinds of tools are helping me so much. And I'm, I'm living a healthier lifestyle because of just, again, that, that what that is, is a very ironic, sarcastic form of internalized ableism where Mm -hmm. I'm able to, I'm recognizing, like I talked about with the earplugs, that this is something that would help me, but because I am, I have internalized other people's perspectives that this is something that only uh, an abnormal person would need who doesn't know Mm. when they're thirsty. I've just internalized so much of that over the years that it's just like, you know, it it does take, you know what, I'm going to say, as silly as it sounds, it takes courage to... Mm -hmm avail yourself of the tools that are there and, and say, I'm going to save myself the labor or the willpower or the money or whatever it is by getting someone else or something else to do this task for me. 
Oh, I think that's a, I think that's a soundbite right there, Jordan. To be honest, because you know it is it does take a little bit of courage to say you know what the 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 sort of quote normative way of dealing thing dealing with things you know discipline and what, whatever um, those things are so uh, they're so harsh and um, cruel in a way, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it does take a fair amount of like self awareness and courage to say, you know what, I'm not. My brain doesn't work that way. Uh, and <clears throat> if I want to be okay and get some shit done today, then this is what this is the tool that I need to to use to do it. And you don't like it, then you can lump it. Really, That's, you know, what my older <laughs> yeah, sister like used to say. <laughs> if it doesn't impact the other person at all, like then again, it just it just to me becomes about. Um, in the cases of subcultures, gatekeeping, in the cases of this kind of stuff, really, it's it's low grade. It's not super aggressive, but it is ableism. Like, mm-hmm. and, and just kind of recognizing that and being able to be like, oh, yeah, you know, take a step back and, and abstract this out slightly. And like, that's that's what it is. Um, and there's there's no shame mm-hmm. in, in using what you have available to make, you know, your life and your experiences in your life, whatever version of it you want it to be. Um, one more kind of analogy mm-hmm. I'll draw on that, uh, years ago, speaking of sound bites, I, uh, gave one to CBC, uh, CBC radio for a piece that they were doing, uh, about, um, technology and camping. And I was mm-hmm. on the side of, it's not fake camping to have, you know, like a solar powered panel to charge your phone or whatever. So you can like use the compass or the plant Mm. identification guide and all of this kind of stuff because the 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 other people that they talked to some of the other people were in the camp that like no it's about unplugging like leave your technology at home blah 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 and again i'm sure that these are all the same arguments have been made up and down about camper vans and all this stuff over the years Mm. about like it's fake camping and blah 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 and it's like well people are, are getting out of the city they're engaging with nature that's that's great and we should encourage that as much as possible and i think that yeah like of course, why, why would you want to not, like, why do you need to bear grills everything out all the time? Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure bear grills probably has a fucking solar panel with him in his backpack because <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, if I get lost in the middle of the woods, like maybe I could outlast this thing, but I'm going to have a way better chance of survival with my phone that I can mm-hmm. like send the satellite beacon to space to like, here's my <laughs> GPS, come fucking rescue me, please. Like, yeah. why would you not avail yourself of this stuff other than like this weird kind of masochism that is also, yeah, tied up in those kinds of capitalist ideas of independence and self-sufficiency um and also yeah just recognizing that not just like with health like we talked about last week self-sufficiency isn't something that's available to everyone and i'm gonna include myself in that you know it's Mm -hmm. yeah recognizing that i need help and asking for help where i can get it from people in my life who are willing to give it to me is one of the best things i've discovered in the last two years bar none And I'm so glad to hear that too, because yeah, it's like so many people suffer unnecessarily because they feel like they have to live up to this hypernormative way of being in the world. And it's nonsense, right? Because, um, it, it's not, um, it's not factoring in other people's experiences and it's centering like one specific experience as being Mm -hmm. like the, you know, the desirable one or whatever. Um, and yeah, when it comes to the camping thing too, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm like, Man, I need. I'd like to know that there's a cell phone or some way to call somebody if this bear decides, you know, to get a little closer. Whatever it is, right? Um, I don't want to use my phone, 
but I, I, I would like to know that there's some way for me to access help if that's, you know, yeah. if, if we're going to do camping again this year. Um, we'll see about that, though. I still feel like I, I feel like we need to bring our own toilet because I don't think I can handle an outhouse again. <laughs> that was traumatic for me. I still have nightmares about the flies. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> just swarm out of the... Oh, geez. I don't... Uh, no, I can't do it. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Sorry. Uh, you've, you've got a, you've got the, the genesis for your next horror short now. Right, yeah. It's funny because horror is not something I would ever think about writing, but that would be that would be a horror film for me, for sure. Um, did, hey, did you get that thing that I sent you about the story hive? I don't know if you want to talk about uh, it. I show, did. I, I just saw, I haven't mm-hmm. really looked at it yet. I just kind of mm-hmm. saw it. Um, I had intended to read it, and then I poured coffee all over my crotch. Oh, so right, yeah. So sidetracked. <laughs> circle back to that later but um it may be something you might be interested in uh, cool. for the style stuff because there could be a right. video pitch in there for you it could be kind of neat cool yeah yeah um but today we are talking about boundaries porous boundaries mm-hmm. um uh personality fluidity which is a interesting one yeah um, i don't know if that's like really um uh whatever established language but that's sort mm. of how I think of it. Um, and I just use that as a shorthand for like, um, I guess what you would call, um, in some cases masking or, or mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, um, I, I heard, I saw something on Twitter the other day that like you, you mask autism and you manage ADHD. Uh, mm, so, I saw so, that too. Yeah. 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 I thought that was a good one. Um, but yeah, so, so part of that is, is management. So, you know, in a work context, I need to kind of like dial some things back. I can't be fucking drumming on the desk, uh, when I'm thinking really hard about something like I can at home. Um, mm. but, uh, you know, um, the other part of that is, is just because, at least I'm speaking purely from my own experience, but I'm sure that there's some level of generalization that other ADHD people will relate to. Um, Mm. but being a very empathetic person, being a person who is very curious and, and knows a lot about a lot of different kind of things, being a person Mm. who, who likes to engage with people. And, and I recognize this too late in life that I do get a lot of my energy from being social and from extroversion, uh, kind of stuff. Um, and so, I found that like in high school and things like that, um, I never really had kind of one core group of friends that were like, Mm. this is the one click. I would just kind of like float around. I was friends with the drama kids. I was friends with like Mm. the goth kids that were into the really hard industrial techno. I was friends (laughs) with like, you know, some of the, some of the jocks that like, you know, if, if, if they were people I went to junior high school with or whatever, and they could vouch for me, it was like, I wouldn't get beat up that day, whatever. Um, you know, uh, friends with like the kind of the few high schoolers that were like really into left-wing politics, you know, the people that I might've seen at a propaganda show the last summer, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And so these were all people that I felt like I had strong friendships with, but it was never really kind of like part of a core. And part of that was because Mm -hmm. I was able to be different people in different situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and part of that is, I think the pattern recognition thing. Uh, But until I had that lens on it, I always thought of it as like, I'm able to fit in easily. I'm able to figure out who I need to be to show up in this context in a way that will um, endear me to the other people or, or give the impression that I belong or that I should be there for some reason. Um, mm. So part of that is, is kind of mirroring 
the body language and the language language, picking up slang and stuff like that from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like part of that is, is trying to, like we talked about before, feel useful or, or, or be of service to people to kind mm-hmm. of like ingratiate yourself in with, um, with a lot of people. And it's interesting now I'm thinking about the high school thing is like, maybe that was almost a weird kind of like survival strategy of mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, you're it, like, like being in prison and you don't pick a gang, but like, you know, you, you, you lift weights with a couple of guys from this gang and you, uh, I don't know, let's call it read philosophy with a couple of guys from this gang and make Pruno with a couple of the guys from this gang. And so you've got like not super strong, but ties enough and, and you're of use to other people so that you Mm. have that kind of like layer of protection almost. (laughs) Right. Oh boy. Yeah. You reminded me of that show Oz that I used to love that was on back in the day. I haven't Um, seen that one. I've just seen the screen grab of Christopher Maloney with his hog out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I had that. Okay. Um, I don't know what to say to that, but no, there was, there was a lot of it. It's like all these different social dynamics and stuff. But of course, like, as we know, like prison systems, like are the carceral system in general is, is a horrible colonial way to approach things and keeps, um, uh, keeps things, uh, the sort of white dominant narrative, uh, dominant if you will right so mm-hmm. um just kind of want to acknowledge that too because it is kind of a funny anecdote but at the same time there is a the, it, it is a horrible course, thing yeah um especially you know in canada where too many first nations folks are wrongly incarcerated incarcerated sorry um but yeah like i i definitely have that because as, as I've said before, 12 different schools growing up right so yeah. always um having to form <clears throat> re-establish and reform an identity um, yeah. every single year, um, sometimes more than once in a, in a year. Um, and so sometimes I question whether that sort of um, eroded my foundation in a way of self. Uh, mm-hmm. I question that all the time because I will, uh, depending on the situation, like you said, like pick up the lingo, pick up the language, um, always kind of wanting to dress to fit in with what everyone else is doing as well. Um, how I wear my hair, um, what, what I drink or don't drink, what I smoke or don't smoke, all those things. Right. Um, my political views, uh, and I, you know, I have read studies that a lot of what happens in this sort of polarized world that we're in right now is that people kind of get into these really extremist views because it gives them a sense of belonging for the first time in their life. And so they don't want to lose that. So they'll stick with it to the very end. Right. Um, and yeah, I still, it's still a challenge for me. Um, like, like I've said before, even at my old job, like investing all this money and clothes that were not my, my, my jam at all to just try to like blend in in a boardroom, um, or at least feel like I belonged in a boardroom. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm not doing that right now. Obviously I'm dressing how I want to dress and how it feels comfortable for me. Hopefully there's no labels anywhere. So I don't feel like I have to scratch my eyeballs out. Um, but yeah, the, um, the, the, the fitting in thing, fitting in rather than belonging. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent, I've spent a lot of my life in that state of just like wanting so desperately to feel part of wanting to feel safe, wanting to feel connected and, and sometimes twisting myself into really uncomfortable knots to make that happen. Right. Uh, I don't see it happening at the moment, but then, you know, 
I, I think I said last week, like a year and a half, but it's actually been 14 months. It just feels longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, the, uh, the, my social life is, you know, very limited, of course. Right. Because it, it has to be right. So I, I've seen like one or two friends in person over the last year. We haven't, we haven't hugged, we haven't touched each other. I've seen my mother once. Um, so I have this, I have this thing right now, and maybe you're experiencing this too, where it's like, okay, so I've got my first shot of the vaccine. Things are going to gradually open up over the course of the summer here in BC. Um, maybe in the fall, things will start opening up again. But I'm living in fear of when, like, the mingly, networky film things and all the different things starts start up again, because I realize how stressful those are for me now. Mm. And because primarily because I'm ADHD, also because of the hearing loss. So uh, when I wear hearing aids, it amplifies everything in a room. So yeah. I just like, it's it's really incredibly stressful. So I don't really want to go back to that stuff. <laughs> you know, like I want my friendships to maybe be more intimate and not necessarily about trying to achieve um, a sense of safety, but just like being connected to people I'm curious about and maybe learning more about how other people think instead of like, you know, it's easy to get into silos, especially when you're on, online all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the uh, I do have that pit in my stomach right now when I when I see some of the stuff on Twitter of you know people in the states that are double vaccinated. They're like, woohoo! They're out, you know, having the rosés on patios or whatever. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> no! Like, I can't even cope with the idea right now. Honestly, I'm I'm stoked uh, not to get back to sipping roses on the patio, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm I at least right now I have the perspective that I don't have any fear about being able to join normal life and, and be out kind of interacting again. I'm I'm actually really looking forward to it, but um, mm. I'm one thing is for sure is that uh, I'm certainly going to be more judicious about. Uh, where I choose to spend my time and how I choose to spend Mm. my time. Um, Just because, yeah, I've I've recognized that like, yeah, I mean, again, this has been a really hard time for everyone, but I think Mm -hmm. everybody's found elements of it that they like. And I certainly, um, part, part of it is, is, Actually, I'll kind of double back to what you were just talking about there about like how you felt like you kind of lost your core. Um, Mm. and, and that's, that's, that's where I am right now is, is I'm really kind of like figuring out what, what is at my core? Who am I? What makes me happy? Um, what are the things that I'm doing because they truly bring my joy? What are the things that I'm doing because I'm maybe trying to ingratiate myself with a group of people and what Mm -hmm. is like the outcome I'm outcome I'm expecting from that and all these kinds of things. And so kind of like, it's weird. Like, like by way of analogy with say trying to get hired, um, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm worrying less about that and, and worrying more about kind of like figuring out what works for me and then, and then kind Mm. of, um, uh, going from there and, and yeah. And, and just kind of, so, so having all of this time on my hands and all this time, you know, relatively alone has I think been really helpful to kind of like do the fucking hard and scary. It's, it's scary. Mm. It's really hard and scary to be honest with yourself about like, what do I want? What makes me happy? And Mm -hmm. what 
am I, what do I have in my life now that is working? What do I, what am I missing in my life that I want that I know makes me happy or I think will make me happy? And then, you know, how am I going to pursue that? If, if mm. I, if I believe that I want this, then I have to also believe that I deserve it or I'm worthy of it. And then, okay, so some of this stuff is obviously out of my control, but what am I doing for me? And so, um, like that's, that's where, and I know I'm not the only person doing this. I see a lot of people, creative mm. people, especially who would normally be trying to apply for a job hosting a web series that, you know, has 60 applicants for like some YouTube series that's from some local comedy troupe or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I see what I see more and more people doing is, is just saying, no, there's like next to nothing in the way of, of making my own vehicle for myself and doing whatever that is and having this thing that they're kind of in charge of. Um, and so that's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what these things are that I want and then how to be in charge of them, basically, whatever that looks mm. like. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, one of the things that I, that I saw on LinkedIn the other day, there's a woman I follow, um, her name is uh, Carrie Twig, and uh, she has a, a theater and arts background, uh, but she's, you know, more or less like a, a career coach, but she's morphing out of that. I've watched mm. her kind of like move through that throughout the pandemic. It's been really interesting to see. Um, but she posted something saying, you know, um, when you're kind of going through your day, whatever your job is or your tasks are throughout the day, after you do something, take a selfie and, mm. and look mm -hmm. at your face. Like, does your face look a little bit white? <laughs> does it look drained? Do you look sad? Are you beaming? Are you sweaty? Like, how how do you look in that moment? And then she just kind of was inviting people to like throughout the day do that, and then take a and take a look at the whole thing and say that these are the things that are lighting me up. These are the things that are draining me. How can I move forward in a career uh, with more of the things that are lighting me up and fewer of the things that drain me? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that that is a lovely way of looking at things because I'm certainly, you know, I used to be kind of down with the selfies like circa 2008, 2009, but not so much lately. Um, but if it's not something for posting, it's just something to like actually sure. take a look at yourself and say, wow, I look really sad in that picture. So um, maybe updating spreadsheets all day, not a good idea for me or, you know, whatever the the task yeah. is like, cause there's so many of them that I find really challenging. Um, and I really like that idea too because I, I really feel myself moving into more things that that do light me up like that you know the radio project that I shared with you mm -hmm. that I'm going to do something about about my hearing loss for because I mm -hmm. think it'd be really interesting to invite people into an actual soundscape of my morning routine so they can actually hear what it's like for me with and without the hearing aids because it is a mm. huge difference. I don't hear birdsong if I don't have my hearing aids on. It's like they don't exist, right? Wow. But I put my hearing aids in and they, you know, they come chirping right into my awareness, right? So it's kind of a cool project that, um, you know, would only take like five or 10 minutes to kind of do or not to do, but five or 10 run minutes time. of actual runtime. Thank you. Um, but doing things like that are like, I can even hear it in my voice. I can feel it in my body, like getting excited about doing yeah. something like that. Um, whereas, if, you know, I look at a job posting that's like, must be uh, nimble in a fast paced, hectic environment and uh, customer service oriented and must be available on weekends and evenings and social media. And, oh, um, we'll pay you $15 an hour. I was just going to say, and 40 shit. grand a year. <laughs> Some shit like that, right? And I'm like, oh my god! Every time I see one of those bullet post things, I just go, I need to go lie down now. I just like that whole <laughs> idea doesn't appeal to me whatsoever. 
so it's nice to have that awareness now and nice not to have to feel that I have to, um, like I was saying before, like pretzel myself into this unrecognizable form just to, you know, for the sake of a paycheck. And I did see another thing on LinkedIn that I thought was great. Like you don't have to sacrifice your mental health for a paycheck, nor should mm -hmm. you. But so much of work is designed that way. And yeah. I know I know I harp a lot on that. It's just because this year has really kind of pulled back the veil for me. Um, <laughs> that I, I love accomplishing things. I love working. I love I love writing. I love telling stories. I love getting shit done. I love the feeling of a project being finished. It's like exhilarating for me. Um, what I don't like is just, you know, work for the sake of work that really has no meaning, that doesn't really move anything forward. It's just tedium. Yeah. You know? Um, and 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 you know the political aspect and the hierarchies of certain organizations too. Like, um, somebody who's been in a in a really powerful place for a long time, they're not going to let that go, and they're not going to change how they think because it doesn't. It would put them into a, what they feel would be perilous, right? So right. trying to trying to create change in those environments is just depleting beyond beyond my capacity. I know other people that are trying to change the system within from within, and I say good for them. You know. Um, let me know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Uh, mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I have, I have, I don't actually. I, I was gonna say I have a lot to say about the idea of changing the system from within, but I actually don't. I, I just, mm. I don't think it. it don't, I don't think it works. <laughs> mm. Right. I was that that Leonard Cohen song got stuck in my head the other day when I was out in the balcony farm. It's just they sentenced me to twenty years of boredom. You know, it's just like do to do to do, like playing with the beans, just thinking about that and just like thinking about how that's been that way for a really long time. Um, this isn't all that new. It's just that uh, I think the pandemic has kind of forced people to sort of slow down and look at those things maybe a bit more critically. Um, and so the systems that are are the ones that are causing harm do need to be changed. They need to come down. But <clears throat> again, I know I do harp about this stuff, but <laughs> I can't help it. Like, I got feelings about it, you know? <laughs> hey, it's your platform. Platform your views. <laughs> again, this is this is this is why is isn't it great that we don't have to worry about that stuff? We don't have to like we're not mm. beholden to someone who says what uh, hey, come on guys, like you're, ta you're talking about office culture again. Dial it back. <laughs> that is actually a really good thing. And I did tell you, right, that I um, sent some some of my thoughts to um, a writer in Brooklyn uh, for Vice yes. Magazine. I think yes. that's coming out um, June. So I think it's coming out probably awesome. towards, uh, so it'll be online. And um, it, it'll be interesting because I've been reading some of her other work. She's, a really, she's an excellent writer and she... Um, she was one of the ones who was saying that people are still wearing masks. So the, the, the article was saying that wearing masks is not a political act for some people wearing masks is uh, they're traumatized and the wearing the mm. mask is, a, is now become a form of kind of an extra layer of protection. Um, sure. And it is also an act of uh, thinking beyond yourself, you know, um, that to wear a mask isn't just about protecting yourself. It's thinking of others in your space and how your breath may affect them. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm interested to see what she has to say because the whole idea was the, the gist of the article. She's talking about how people have realized that maybe their busyness lifestyle that they had before the pandemic wasn't working for them. Mm. Uh, so I'm interested to see who else she spoke to about that because, oh, it's 11-11. That means, like, yay. <laughs> On the right track. Ooh, ooh. Whenever I see that, I'm like, yes. Do 
you do the number thing? The clock number uh, thing? Not really, although mm. one that I think actually, I think Ryan uh, Wagner may do the same thing, or at least I know I've seen someone else on on social media posting these before, but mm. whenever I pick up my phone mm. and it's 1234, I'll take a screen cap of it. Yeah. I always like that one. Yeah, one, two, but, three, four. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, it's it's not anything significant. It's just a kind of like, huh, there it is. Yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, that's that that's a conversation I've had a couple times this past year actually with people is around. Um, that's that's a kind of pattern recognition aspect that um, mm. gets a little bit. I'm not going to say dangerous, but a little bit. I don't like myself. I don't like myself going down that road too much of like magical thinking. Mm. Um, and kind of looking for signs everywhere because I feel like I'm already so prone to reading too much into things and especially in like into relationships with people, all that kind of stuff that um, while, while it's kind of like maybe, maybe it would be a good way to kind of center myself more and, and see myself as the protagonist of my own reality to kind of believe that everything is meant for me. I think that like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm really sketchy about the idea mm. of letting myself kind of go down that road for one reason or another. Maybe, maybe I'm scared of what's on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think of, uh, did you ever see that? Um, probably not cause nobody did, but, uh, mm. that Jim Carrey movie, the number 23. Never even heard of it. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a guy who goes a little bit, uh, a little bit, um, uh, uh, overboard on the reading, reading signs everywhere kind of thing. Um, Again, not a great movie, but uh, a relevant one. <laughs> What's funny is that, like, that was a big part of me moving to Vancouver. And um, my friend Melanie at the time, she was going through this whole thing where she was trying to decide whether to move to New York. And I was, you know, pretty much had already decided, but I was looking for an excuse um, or a reason or a sign or whatever. Right. And her whole thing was if she sees a red balloon, then she's meant to stay in New York. And, of course, like, she was looking for it for days and days and then, like, on the last day that she had set herself a deadline, she sees somebody walking down the street with like a friggin' bouquet at them, right? She's like, okay, so there's my sign, right? And for me, it was horses, I think. I think it was horses. Was it horses? Now I don't even remember what the sign was, but I was like, if I see this thing, then, you know, and yeah. sure enough, that day I did. Um, and there's something to that. I think there's something, for me, there's something kind of gentle and reassuring about magical thinking. Um, uh, what was her name? The White Album, Joan Didion, she wrote a book called My Year of Magical yeah. Thinking about her uh, processing the death of her husband. And I think it can be a really good experience, provided you're not sort of letting go of the realities of daily responsibility. Because um, I, I did kind of do that a little bit, too. I think that I, I see why you would be hesitant to even engage with that. Because it is so like easy to hyper focus on like, ooh, this feels lovely. <laughs> I just <laughs> you know? I recognize my tendency to like um again, not not even just kind of ruminating in a bad way, but just kind of yeah, focusing on things. And and I feel mm. like that's something where that would be that would be a hamster that I could definitely let his wheel go and get going a little bit too fast, I feel mm. like. And that's why I kinda gotta maybe recognize that I just shouldn't take that particular hamster home from the pet store. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like if you start showing up talking about how you're going to become a tarot card reader, we may need to have an intervention. <laughs> you know, I don't see that happening because <laughs> there's lots of, there are some really entertaining tarot card readers out there and like my hats off to them. I like that stuff. You know, it's like kind of entertaining to, 
Yeah, well, I, don't even, I don't even think it's just entertaining. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to devalue that stuff because I think it is, um, again, this is something that I've, I've really, really mellowed on in the last, say, 20 years um, of, of recognizing that even if there's not, quote, scientific merit to these things, mm. if they provide a window to help people understand themselves in, and the world around them better, even if they're not truly understanding it, but, but uh, say, relate to it or process it in a way that makes sense to them and a way that they feel like they have some agency in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. That's almost kind of the, the opposite end of, of um, you not wanting to look at the events in the news because you have no agency is that hmm. this is kind of the opposite way of maybe not creating agency because you still don't have any control over, you know, if there's a round of layoffs and you get hit through no fault of your own, mm-hmm. but this gives you the, the, the sense of agency or, or the feeling of agency or the feeling that someone is out there looking out for you. Mm. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say that I follow uh, Shani Nicholas on, on Instagram and I love her, you know, like the, the horoscopes are fantastic. <laughs> um, and there is, there is something reassuring, but also very galvanizing because she tends to root it in social justice and, um, mm. and that it just, whenever they come out, I'm like, oh, that's an email I'm going to open. <laughs> you know? I haven't gone so far as downloading the app because I'm trying to reduce the apps, but um, mm. there is something about it that I really that I resonate with and that I enjoy. And, and I think that's okay. And I actually posted, she was looking for staff. So I posted about it on LinkedIn. I'm like, Hey guys, this is how you actually write a job posting. Cause she was like <laughs> specifically looking for marginalized people. Um, right. And not, um, you know, the sort of super duper normative type stuff that a lot of LinkedIn is, but that said, I've, I've been curating my LinkedIn lately and I'm seeing like more of the artists that I kind of, have resonated with over the years starting to show up in my feed. I nice. like, I like LinkedIn for that. There's that you, the more you engage with certain people, the more you're going to see that kind of stuff. Um, right. so, um, you know, artists that are doing really cool stuff across the country and, and to see that that's possible because if you can see it, right, then it's more, you're more likely to believe you can be it. Um, yeah. and, uh, so rather than, you know, the thought leader article with like the really vague bullet points, like I don't need to do that anymore mm-hmm. I was trying to position myself as that a couple of years ago it was funny just before we started I was looking at Squarespace because I'm navigating my I'm going to take down the website that I set up actually some BCIT students set it up for me three years ago and it doesn't really reflect where I'm at right now um so it's about time for my yearly billing and I'm like okay I'm just gonna move everything over to Squarespace so I'm looking at templates and something that's going to feel more like who I am these days and where I yeah. want to be rather than where I've been or the stuff that I've done in the past. And besides the spam on that site, good grief. I had to take my contact form right off, close comments on all the blogs. And then they started finding blogs that were like two years old and commenting yeah. all their weird shit on there. I'm like, this is whack-a-mole. I don't have time for this. <laughs> and I've only ever had like two actual um, projects come out of that website. Right. Like right. paid projects for the rest of the, it was like, Oh, 10 people looked at my website this week. Great. <laughs> yeah. That's not worth $300 a year or whatever it is that I'm paying. <laughs> so I'm going to stop. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else were we talking about today? It was like, well, so I, I was going to, one place I wanted to take this cause, um, part mm-hmm. of, part of what you and I were talking about a little bit earlier this week was that, um, 
a place where a lot of adults struggle is in making friends as adults and especially yes. making new friends. And that's something that I've, I've never struggled with. Um, you know, I've always found it really easy to meet people and kind of, yeah, whatever, ingratiate myself, mm. um, uh, or, or just, yeah, form a friendship with, with new people. Uh, and again, I didn't realize, of course, that I have ADHD for most of my life, mm. and that may, goes a long way to explaining why I have a very different um, experience with with forming these kinds of relationships, and especially as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm kind of curious, like, what what has your own adult friendship experience like been like? Do you have mm. old friends that you still maintain touch with? How good are you at making new friends? Is that even something you want to do? <laughs> um. So I guess to answer the first part of that first, I have one excellent, really long-term friend who I've mentioned before on the show. Her name is Holly, um, mm -hmm. and we've been friends since, I don't know, I think I was 23 when I first met her. Um, on and off over the years, uh, sometimes we've lived in the same city. We've gone traveling together. We've gone into all kinds of trouble in Costa Rica and Panama. Um, <laughs> and uh, the even if I don't talk to her for long periods of time, we can pick it up immediately um because there's we've shared so many experiences together uh, there's that level of trust and intimacy is there mm -hmm. um now those kinds of really deep intimate friendships have been a little harder for me to come by in a in a long-term way I guess um and I think one of the things I sometimes realize that I do is if I really enjoy somebody and I like their company I'll just kind of like, here's all my stuff. And and sometimes maybe it's a little too much for people, and I realize that too. Um, not everybody has the bandwidth to process like this chaotic, traumatic experiences that I've had in my life. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so for me, I think it's like I, I do still kind of yearn for those deeper, intimate um, friendships. Um, being somebody who has kind of s sort of come in and out of recovery communities, I've often found those relationships to be really nourishing. Um, but the unfortunate thing for me has been that they're they're fleeting because they're they're set up around kind of a 12-step sort of um, context. And then if you're no longer in that context and the friendships don't last because people um, that I've experienced uh, need that context in order to remain friends, right? So um, that was a little heartbreaking for me um, right to kind of choose not to do my life in that in that way anymore. And I certainly, um, I think the 12-step does work for some people, like, you know, whatever the numbers are, 35% of people say it works for them. Um, and But when I moved to Vancouver, I think that's one of the reasons that I started going to 12-step is because I was starving for community. Um, and... Uh, and this is well documented that Vancouver, like I was saying in my email to you, some people call it shy city, other people call it stuck up city. And it's like, it can be really hard to form meaningful friendships here. Um, and uh, that was, it has been difficult for me. And some of the friends that I made were through meditation, going to my, like, I met my partner through a meditation group. Um, and so right now I feel like I do kind of, I miss that. I miss the camaraderie. I miss the shared experience, the laughter, um, just, you know. Um, but I don't know, like, I know for people in midlife too, it's a little difficult to make friends because people have set up their priorities and their systems around their families and that makes sense and for them. Um, 
but yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly. Like, like I've said before, like I'm a little nervous about when the world opens back up, but I also want to enjoy going to the park or going outside and just hanging out, going for walks. I love going for walks with people. Um, and I, you know, I value our friendship. Like, it's interesting that, you know, you were the one to kind of like reach out after I share my ADHD experience on Instagram. Right. And then I felt like almost right away, just like, oh, there's Jordan, you know, even though yeah. we hadn't talked for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that answers the question. I don't know if there was something that I missed in that, but. No, not, I, don't, I wouldn't say that you missed. Um, it's interesting though, the kind of, uh, you and I being able to kind of pick things up pretty easily, you being able to pick things up pretty easily with Holly. Mm. Um, that's, that's again, something where like, apparently that's not typical for people. Um, mm. that's, that's, that's something, uh, I, 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 my understanding is that ADHD people have an easier time of that, um, as kind of the good side of the coin of time blindness mm. is that, um, you know, you, you, you don't realize that six months have passed and you haven't sent this person a text and you can pick it up just as easily. Uh, and hopefully the person on the other end can, but mm. there's some people where it's like, you know, this person hasn't texted me for six months. Like they, they don't care about me, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it's like, well, I, I feel like it, it, it's, it sounds insulting to phrase it this way, but it's like, I forgot you existed, but not in a mean way. I just kind of forgot <laughs> everything existed for a while there. Like, you know, it's a, that's just kind of how shit goes sometimes. Yeah. And it's, it's, hmm. yeah, I, I can see how, um, how that, like, if I, I wouldn't take that personally. Like, I think, that that's something where um, I've seen that with people in my life and I've explicitly asked them like, Hey, how come you don't talk to this person anymore? And it's like, Oh, uh, well we just kind of stopped, uh, stopped phoning each other or whatever. And now it's been too long. And it's just the idea of it having been too long is so it's, it's wild to me. Mm. Like I would be, I would be overjoyed if I got uh, a phone call tomorrow from a friend I hadn't talked to in 20 years, but yeah. you know, we, not, not ended on good terms, but you know, there wasn't like a fallout or something. It was just an absence. Mm-hmm. I would be, I would be overjoyed. And I actually had a really good conversation with a friend. Uh, let me see here about two months ago. And she and I hadn't talked since probably 2000, 2002. Wow. Um, and, and again, just kind of caught up like it was nothing and were able to be, uh, really fun and engaging, but also vulnerable and, and kind of real with each other. Um, mm. and I think it's because we just had, a close friendship. And at least for me, I, I don't, I don't find the, the, the passage of time diminishes my feelings about people. Again, uh, if there hasn't been some sort of like catalyzing event. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I hadn't thought of it in that context. That actually makes so much sense now. Um, because I realized too that, yeah, like I, I definitely time blindness. Like when somebody would say, yeah, we haven't talked in like, I don't know, a couple of years. I'd be like, really? Didn't we just talk like two months ago? Like I just, I really, I don't have that. And for many people, yeah, like time will kind of like sort of get between people. Like they say like, well, I haven't spoken to you for a month. So you're not, you're not a good friend or whatever. You're not supportive or, um, and then there's also the challenge that I have. If somebody sends me, um, a lot of text messages, for example, and especially long ones that require like a thoughtful response. Sometimes it's really hard for me to reply to those. And I know that yeah. some, some friendships have kind of gone by the wayside because of that. Um, because for me, uh, 
it's just easier to have a conversation, um, even if it's over Zoom. God forbid we're doing so much of that these days. But, like, <laughs> um, you know, that that is easier for me than having to, like, craft a thoughtful response that hopefully will, like, address everything that they said, but also not hurt their feelings, but also let them know that I have boundaries. And then, like, like and then I just overthink it to death and then I don't respond. Yeah. Um, and that's... Uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, and I, and I know the people that I've met that I really want to form a meaningful friendship with, it has kind of started that way. And then I've been like, Oh God, like I can't. And it's not because I'm rejecting them. It's just because I don't know how to respond in a way, um, that, that feels right for me. Um, so yeah, that one's been, that one's been weird for me. Um, in the pandemic, there's been a few people I've met that I'm like, okay, yeah, let's. And then Oh, we're going to go for a walk. I don't quite feel safe doing that yet. So now we've got to have this conversation about, and they're like, oh, I'm Zoom fatigued. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, you know. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely um, people out there that uh, I would love to hear from. But I just, like you said, like because I don't use Facebook anymore. And that has been, you know, traditionally for a lot of people where the people from the past can kind of come up and find yeah. you. Um, and I don't, I'm not using it. So uh, if there is somebody from... God knows, like grade 11 at like Forest Lawn High School who wanted to get in touch with me, they probably wouldn't even know where to find me. So that's okay. And maybe they're kind of meant to be in my past anyway. Well, but they yeah. just type in Forest Lawn Robbie into Google. Oh, that, you know what? There was actually... established. Yeah, there, there was a picture of me in the in the Wisewood yearbook because that was how uh, two of the dudes in my biology class used to used to tease me. They called me Forest Lawn Robbie. And there was a picture, I think, in the yearbook of me, like, sleeping in, like, a class. I was, like, face down. <laughs> like, passed right out in some math class or something because I was so, like, understimulated. Um, but, yeah, like, that that was... Now that I think about it, there was a lot of classism going on there, but... Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, at the time, it was like, oh, I'm just trying to be, you know, one of the guys. Ha, ha, ha. That's really cute. I'm a loser. Yeah, Fuck. <laughs> you know? retrospect classic ADHD of not setting the boundary of like hey this is fucked up and it hurts don't do this yeah um because you're you know you're like I, I want that approval love me uh. right yeah <laughs> I'm one of the guys I'm just like I'm as duty as you are let me be one of the dudes let's go skating like skateboarding and then trying that and then realizing I have no center of gravity and like hurting myself <laughs> fuck <laughs> Anyway, my friend, I think we're coming up on an hour already. I can't believe it. Are we? Yeah, yes. I guess we are. Yeah, my goodness. Time flies. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I, I thought that, I feel like, hmm, I feel like there's kind of more to this. Uh, mm. Not necessarily that I have any specific points that I don't feel like we've covered, but um, mm. yeah, I just kind of feel like there's there's probably going to be things that kind of come up in my brain this week around uh, around these ideas of, mm. of porous boundaries and and, you know, Figuring out, quote, who you are, like, like, mm-hmm. who, who's, who's the Tootsie Roll center at the center of that, uh, you know, all those, all those candy coated layers of social conditioning. Yeah. What's my chewy core? That's, yeah. What's my chewy core? Like that, the candy coated. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, kind of, it, it implies like a falsehood, right? It's like candy coated isn't really, it's certainly not nutritious, you know, it might, you know, be satisfying for like a minute until you have a wicked sugar crash and then realize, I don't know how, how far I can go with this metaphor, but anyway. Oh, yeah. I think, I think you can go really far. You can say it's, it's, it's a treat and it's great and it's not long-term sustainable. Yeah. 
That's it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, when you're not being yourself, it's, it's so hard to sustain. Yeah. So it, it's easier to just show up as your whole self, right? But easier said than done in late stage capitalism, right? <laughs> if you enjoyed Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media. A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit, I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at, you guessed it, holy shit, I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now and hyper focus on the positive. <laughs>